Welcome. You're about to listen to a message from LifePoint, a warm, friendly, and vibrant community for the young at heart. Um, hello, everyone. Good morning. How are we feeling this morning? Ah, how are we feeling this morning? Okay, I feel like the petrol scarcity is catching some people right now. But um, we're excited to be um, here again. It's been a little while since we've done one of our Unplugged Conversations. Uh, and I'm excited to be here with... Um, so if you've been here for Bible study in the last, I don't know, couple of months, you know that whenever I ask, does anybody have a question? Natasha always raises her hand. So we're, we're exercising her ministry gifts for asking questions um, today. So I'm really excited. And of course, we have Pastor Bowale here. So please, let's put our hands together and just welcome again Pastor Bowale to... Life points. Um, so over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the divine water cycle and, you know, what that looks like for us. And we've talked about it in some detail. But I was just going to ask if you have any, just like a brief, what has stuck out to you in the last couple of weeks as we've been talking about this? And then we'll start to ask you all the many questions that we have. Okay. There's a lot. There's a lot. Now I'm scared. <laughs> Good morning, everyone, and thank you for having me here. Um, so glad. I'm always happy to be here uh, anytime I'm asked to come um, because um, I was part of this church when we were starting. Um, yes, before I was summoned to. <laughs> so I'm so glad to be here. Um, so this, this season, we've been talking about, um, you know, creating your cloud, populating your cloud, and all of that. And it's just very simple. I will keep it as simple as possible. I'm not a complex person. So um, it's just that when you're entering a new season uh, in your life, how do you prepare? Uh, how do you position for the new season of your life? What do you do um, when you're entering that new season? And that has been for this uh, series so far in terms of populating your cloud and all of that. One of the things that God has led us as a church is that uh, this is our year of unusual elevation. Um, and what, what does that mean? That there's a glory of God that is upon us. And our anchor scripture is in the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, and verses 1 to 5. Uh, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is upon you. And so how do you then begin to prepare for this glory? So it starts from the place of recognizing what you have, uh, first of all to say that I have something. God has not created anybody without anything. So you start with what you have, and then you then begin to lay hold on the word of God. What is God saying to you concerning your life at this season? And then you move to the next stage of confessing those things that God has spoken to you about. about. And then uh, you don't give up in this season. You don't give up. And then you also continue in the season when you're waiting in the season when you're in the process what do you do so you keep confessing you keep praying and you keep doing good works you know as it were and when the time of rain come you position yourself and then you receive the rain and when we see the rain it means the blessing which is the end goal which is the end point you know of all of this so for me that's how i've pictured it and um, i hope it's simple enough for somebody here Okay, um, so clearly I passed over because you have preached to us and we've been very edified. But I think for us, where 
we are, when it comes down to asking these types of questions, we want you to get into like the nitty gritty. Okay. Like we want like personal examples of things that you've gone through because that's the way we identify with the word of God in our own, in our own experience. Um, so I'm going to ask this question and I'm going to just ask you to give us a couple of examples um, because this person is saying, look, um, this transition from one season to the next, you've told us, okay, we need to prepare, we need to do this, we need to do that. But there are some people who the transition for them is not as, as simple as it seems. For someone, that transition is not even clear at all. They don't know what's going on. For another person, they know they're in a season of transition and someone's been telling them, okay, rain is coming, but it's like, but where's the rain? And how do I know when it's close? And then for another person, it's like, okay, you told me rain is coming, but this season, waiting for the rain to come, is taking forever. So what are some of the things you've done in your own experience where you don't, okay, you're going through a funny season, you don't know why you're going through that season, or you know you're going through this season, but you're waiting for the rain, and you're just trying to figure out how do I position, and you're talking to God, God, it's been six months, no rain. You know, what do you do, and how do you just, like, navigate through that season through a personal experience? If I can just add to that, um, jumping on Dimlade's question, how do you identify transitional phases? How can I tell that, oh, I'm going from collection to evaporation to condensation, etc.? And what should one do in a transitional stage? So, you know, in the, the, the scripture about, you know, Elijah sent his servants, keep checking and checking or whatever, and he saw something. What is that, you know, identifying factor for us as we go through each stage? Okay. Thank you. God help me. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I won't, and I'll be as practical as possible. Um, how many of us feel like sometimes things with God is not usually very straight? That, why, why do you have to go through all of these things? I want, I want, I want money. I want and quickly. A, yeah, I want a babe. Just, this is the babe that I like. Let me talk to her. Let her agree for me. Let's move on. Let's move on. Hallelujah. I've gone to school. Why do I have to go and look for work? You know, let me, and you also see people like, they have it very easy, mm. you know, like, and sometimes you feel, ah, 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 what am I doing wrong? Or what am I not doing well, mm. basically? You know, how many of us have been in that kind of, you know, situation where it just feels like... Um, yes, exactly. Um, sometimes you just feel like, God, why do you make these things difficult? Why do you make these things difficult? Why can't it just be straightforward? And one of the things that have helped me to also make me understand um, is when I read this book, Purpose Driven Life. I don't know how many of us have read that book. It answered a lot of questions for me. And there are realities that you have to accept basically that this is the way God wants to do his thing and you have to fall in line. One of the things I realized is that one of the things, you know, requiring said in that book is that God is more interested in your character development than your career development. God, sir, please say it again, sir. <clears throat> God is more interested in your character development than in your career development. God is, yeah, <laughs> yes, and you know, it's like a blue. Uh -huh. And then say God is more interested in your spiritual maturity than your comfort. Mm. So I, I just had to like, 
I, I think I need to adjust and look like look like if if I want to go God's way, mm. I need to understand all of these things. Mm. And it was trying to describe something that um, God wants us to God wants to make us in His own state. He wants us to be like Him. He wants us to be like that is His ultimate goal. And for us to be able to you know get to that level with God, we might have to go through some of these processes. And you then have to accept that this is how God wants to deal with you. And I'll give you, you know, uh, so many instances in my own life. I think maybe one of the things we can quickly relate with is, um, and, you know, is maybe issue of you are looking for a babe, for instance. Maybe I can start with that, or you are looking for a job. And I'll share my own personal experience. Um, let me... Let me use um, babe experience when I was in school. That was nice. <laughs> For instance, so, I mean, I've, thankfully, I've been born again at a very early age, but I'm not also your regular born again, born again person. I also know life a bit. I mean, I was also on the other side, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm also your guy that I'm always, you know, some, at a point in my life, I was in between. So basically, and, but at this point in time, I was really devoted in my fellowship in school and all of that. Everybody was having a babe and all of that. I was like, what, God, I need a babe. Yes, sir. Yes, I need a babe. What's happening? I cannot be serving you in and the midst. Yes, in the midst he of all of this. He does not balance. In the midst of all of these things. And um, I just had that pool that says, just hold on. It's so, not time. The pool was you that was telling yourself, Abby. No, it was God. And then, uh, some of us, some of us. Uh, no, sir. No, uh, no, sir. Let, let's slow down first. How did you know? How did, was who was God. pulling you, first of all? Because did, did you wake up? Were you praying and then you heard the voice say, Oh, Ali, my son. No. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, that, that's another conversation, which is learning how God speaks with you. Mm. Yeah. Is that something that we need to do? Like in this our season, we, we, need, we need to learn to that understand. lesson first before we can understand it's, it's very important. all of these. It's very important. And like um, Pastor Demilade said now, I think some of us, the way we uh, want God to speak with us is the way they have told us God speaks to people. Mm. We think that God will come and call your name Natasha, Natasha, Natasha. <laughs> How many times did I call you? <laughs> Too much of all these Monzion movies. Uh, and then you feel like, oh, you have to hear an audible voice. Yes. God speaks to us through our desires. So in fact, mm. somebody was asking me about two days ago, is how can I separate my desire from God's desire? Mm -hmm. I said, you have to put it under a microscope. Number one, what is the motive of that desire? If the motivation behind your desire is self-fulfilling, then you know that that is not from God. Yes, sir. If the motivation behind your desire will not glorify God, then you know that is not God. If the motivation behind that desire is contrary to the Bible, you already know that that is not God. So most times, God speaks to us even through our desires, through our hearts, basically. So those things that you feel, and sometimes because we feel like, oh, if we have this desire, ah, maybe it's my own, it's myself that is talking. Sometimes the Bible says God is the one that works in us, both to will and to do according to what? According to his pleasures. So one of the ways God speaks to us is through our desires. Okay, but you can have a good, a desire that fills all of those criteria that you just mentioned, and it actually still not be God's will for your life. So how are you, so for example, if you desire to be a doctor, 
There's nothing really contrary or wrong with that. You know, Why do you to want to be a doctor? People. Why? Maybe you want to So help I can people. be a baller. <laughs> maybe, maybe your desire is, I want, I want to help people. You know, I want to be able to save lives. You know, I, I want to, this is the desire of my heart is to do X, Y, Z. It feels all the other, it's not contrary, you know, to, to God's will or, you know, godliness, etc. But God in his, you know, God in his mind is saying, actually, no, I want you to be a flight attendant. So how do you, how do you identify? So, so you already know that God wants you to be a flight attendant. So why do you, no, then no, you shift your desire to what God wants you to be. No, as in God's plan for you might be something else. What you want for yourself might be something good, but just not God's plan. Okay, let, let me just balance this. Yeah. Because it's not only through your self-desires. I'm just saying that sometimes God speaks to us through our desires. Okay. Sometimes God speaks to us through an audible voice. Sometimes God uses people around us. Mm -hmm. But primarily, God speaks to us from the Word of God. Which is why if you want to really hear God, you have to be conversant with the Bible and with the Word of God. I personally, God speaks to me when I read the Bible most of the time. He also speaks to me to some certain desires that He puts inside of me. And I place those desires under this... So I still further test those desires. The Bible says we should test all spirits. And so that's what made me say, when you also then want to differentiate between all of those things, you test it under those three areas. Why am I thinking about this, about this thing? And then is it in line with, with God? Is it also going to glorify God? Do you understand? So that is the first point. And what led us to this place is... The babe story, which is where I'm coming <laughs> The babe story, and how do you know God is the one pulling you back? So if you have worked with God, I mean, you just working with God is not that difficult as, you know, maybe probably they've made us think that it is. Uh, one of the things I realized about God is that you have to think about God. In fact, if you want to really know how to work with God and hear God, you need to go and read the story of David. Mm. He has been, she has been my perfect example. David was a really bad guy, but the Bible called him a man after my heart. If you know the atrocities David had committed in his life, Sometimes you wonder, how does even God make some of this judgment and all of that? But there's something about David, which God, I realize that God is looking from everybody. Sincerity of heart. David had a sincere heart towards God. If you read the Psalms, you could see how he always communicates his feelings to God at every point in time in his life. And as a, very, as a young guy, that's one of the things I learned about God and about you know, how to deal with God communicating your, even if you feel like committing sin, mm. God wants to know about it, and you voice it out and say, ah, this babe, they enter my eye. Yes, sir. I know it might not be your will, but I want, to, I, want to, I want to put my head there, you know? And, you know, all those interesting conversations, you yes, know, sir. have it with God. Some, people are, some people are having those conversations now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand? So, um... So sometimes within yourself, you just know. There's also a knowing that, ah, it's not right. And truthfully, eh, I have, in that period, I have then gone out to say, I know that God is telling me, you are not ready. But me, out of my own way, I still went ahead. And I was given six inches nail, bam. Mm -hmm. So God said, I, I told you now, why did you, why did you go there? And then I calmed down. In fact, I eventually entered a relationship that I know, uh, as at that time, I thought God was also leading me into that relationship. But it didn't work out, you know. And it was like, I told you that, you know, this will not, it, will, it won't work out. So it was a season in my life that I, I just felt that when will this ever happen? 
until I had to come to that realization when God said, you need to calm down and you need to wait and you need to work with me. And when it's time, I'm going to give you the direction. So in that process, in fact, one of the things that that relationship I entered with my own stubborn heart, uh, what it taught me was to show me that I was really, really not ready for a relationship. Mm. And that is what happens with so many of us. That end point, that blessing, that rain that we are waiting for, most of the time, most of us, we are not ready for it. Yes, sir. So what God wants to do in your waiting season and in all of those stages is to prepare you for the blessing. So that when the blessing comes, the blessing will not take you out of the presence of God. Absolutely. And just to... Thank you so much. So that was really, really insightful. But again, just to reference, I mean, Christine talked about this, and I think it's important to mention. Um, it doesn't matter what you go through. One of the things that we, go, we need to learn when we are going through seasons that are seemingly dry or confusing is that God is calling us to higher levels of understanding. The Bible says you should count it all joy and it says, you know, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask from God. There is a wisdom that you need to be able to not just get the blessing that God wants to give you, but to also keep it. And to be able to keep that blessing, sometimes God needs to take you through a season of training or a season of trial. Uh, you need to go through that just so that you learn, you have the capacity to keep that blessing God gives you in, in your Kenya. And nobody will be able to take it away from you. Because what God gives you sometimes, the enemy will come and contend for it. And if you don't have the wisdom on how to navigate out of that situation effectively, the devil can actually take what God has, the rain that God has prepared for you. Thank you. That all makes sense. But... but. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let's say... Okay, let me ask this question this okay. way. So we're doing everything that we're supposed to do, you know, we're sowing our, our seeds, filling up our clouds, praying, reading the Bible, joining Bible study with Emilade and Pastor Ayo, you know, doing the most, praying, speaking in tongues, we're doing everything. And yet, it seems as though there is a delay or maybe there's something missing. And you're now feeling discouraged and dealing with disappointments. Like God has let you down. God said, if you do all of these things, you know, all of this, this is the result of all of your efforts and service, etc. And it seems like there's just nothing there. And I feel like a lot of us have been in situations like that where, you know, we did everything that we were supposed to do and we were waiting for God to show up and he seemingly didn't or hasn't. So I guess my question here, two questions. So how do you deal with that when you're sort of feeling discouraged and disappointed and like, what's the point in doing all of this? People who are doing less. I know people who are doing less than me. I've seen what God is doing for them. So, you know, what about my own story? And secondly, based on what you have described before now, are you saying that the reason why we might be experiencing a delay is that God doesn't think that we're ready for what it is he wants to give us? And are there any other reasons for such a delay from um a delay happening instead of that specific reason. Okay. Um, let me start from the first one, uh, which is you've done everything you're supposed to do and you're still not getting the, you know, the right result. And I mean, thankfully, that's one of the things we are discussing today um, at, at the main church. Um, so there are four questions you need to ask yourself. Number one is, okay, you say you're doing every, every, everything right. So you need to ask yourself, are you really doing everything right? If you, are, if you can tick that box, you know that you've done everything right, 
you've prayed, you've done your own part, you are diligent, um, you have done, because we also need to self-evaluate ourselves and be sure that we are actually doing everything right, basically. Um, so for instance, if one of the things I would keep referring back to this, my, you know, my babe, I don't know that story. If I were going to evaluate, you know, as at that time, one of the things I realized was that as a Christian then, what we believe, we used to say it is the uh, content that matters, not the container. <laughs> so we're heavily investing in the content, not the... So what, what, what we mean when we say that is that it's what you carry, what Character, is inside, character and all of... But more, I realized that dressing also matters, that you have to look sharp. Sir. You know, even the fact that you are a born again brother does not mean you should look shabby. So, yes. Ah, wow. So, Natasha, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, at least, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. Oh, yes, sir. Let's get it, yo. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but in my days in school, I was not this, you know, I don't. You are not this we just together. wear shirt and trouser. Talking, you wear and you look straight. Shakabula, you, you know, move. you believe that ah, you have the spirit of God inside of you and all of that. So I can be telling that I'm doing everything right. Whereas this, whereas this, this that other part that I'm not paying attention to, that my even, you know, not God and God is trying to point my attention to it. That you need to pay attention to the way you look, basically. So that's what I'm just trying to say in terms of doing everything right. But when you when you are sure that you have ticked that box, the second thing is also to uh, to be sure is that you are not also dealing with the consequences of other people's choices for you. Mm. Maybe I am I'm trying to look for an example to use for 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 that. You know, some people's is not your fault, but is some people's um, their own action is then what you are facing the consequence for their own action for. Maybe your parents yeah. or in an organization, for instance, if, the, if, an, if in an organization your boss decide or the board of directors decide to embezzle and then the company goes down, it's not your fault. You are doing everything right. You are looking forward to be promoted, for them to increase your salary, whereas at the top, some people are doing certain things to sabotage your efforts, sure. basically. You are doing everything right, but there are some other people at the other end they are not doing it. So, and as a result, the promotion or the next level that you are expecting has not come. Just because at the top there, or some people are playing policies with your career. Mm. Do you understand? They are playing policies with you, and you are doing everything right. But some people just decided to sit there to say, we are going to deal with this person. We are not going to move. We are not going to increase your salary and all of those stuff. So it could also be that. And then the third question could be what I've said before. You are doing everything right, but God wants you to develop the character. God wants to develop your spiritual muscle and capacity to be able to maintain that blessing, as Pastor Demilade said. Do you understand? So that's the third thing you need to also ask. And then the last thing, which we cannot um, overlook, is the operations of demonic spirits. It is real, basically. Yes, um, yes, the Bible says we should not be ignorant of devices the, of, the device of the enemy. So there can be real spiritual attacks that you then need to begin to pay attention to. It's not it's spooky, it is real. There are spiritual forces in heavenly places mm -hmm. that might say, because they know that when you attain that blessing, you will use it to bless the kingdom of God. So they will rather make sure that it doesn't happen. 
and you cannot be ignorant of that as a Christian in this generation. So when you're able to answer all those four questions, then you would gain wisdom on you know, what to know. So whichever of the questions, number one, are you doing the right things? Number two, is it the consequences? Is it based on the question of other people? Number three, is it a process? Is God taking me through a process? And then number four, is it that it's an oppression of you know, a spiritual attack or demonic attack? And then you were able to then you decipher on the right thing to do. Yes, sir. There's a second question. I think I can't remember. No, you've answered all of them, don't worry. With that, okay. Awesome. Thank you. Um, just to also mention again, um, and I'm not adding, but I think the concept of delay for a lot of us is still because Yoruba people will say, Mafi, like you don't work with another person's time. Yeah. You've looked at another person's life and you've estimated that because we all went to secondary school and we all did grade one to I mean, GSS one to SS three in six years, we expect that our own lives, all our lives will follow the same trajectory. So if I did six years and I became a managing director, then you two by default need to do six years to become a managing director. It doesn't work that way with God. God understands how we are all set up and he knows what the timing should be for each and every man. And what might take me two years might take you six years. And you might think you're falling behind, but God has in his capacity the understanding of everything we need to go through in life. And what you think you have experienced a delay for now, in another five years, you will overtake and recover all. So please don't be discouraged by what you think is present delay because inside that process, God is working in and through you to will and do of his good pleasure. And God is, in, is not in the business of owing anyone. If you do what you need to do and you pass through that process, God will give you good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. He delights in making you prosperous. And I think it's very important to point that out. The other thing I wanted to say is if you have a question or you need something to, um, you have a thought you would like to, have addressed, please don't forget that we have ushers around. You can also go to the info point desk, just write your question down and they'll bring it to me and then we can uh, take that. Thanks, Bishop. My next question is around tithing. So I know we also heard um, on the screen by Pastor Godman about the importance of tithing, you know, to serve the ministry of God. But I guess my question specifically is, I know tithing is a big topic, controversial to some, but could you just run, run it by us, right? What exactly does it mean to tithe? Why should we do it? And how, if we already do tithe, how do we know that if we're even tithing the right amount? Is 10% just the basic starting line for everybody? And then, you know, I've heard of people tithing 20% and I'm like, <laughs> how do I know if I'm among? So if you could just... Can I add to that as well? Because I think there is the school of thought that says, look, why am I giving my money to a church and to a pastor when there are plenty of um, people around me who I can support and I can tithe that way? Um, so just talk me through what that looks like for you. What is your... Do you actually tithe? How do you tithe? And if you tithe, is it like, God, I've given you your 10%. The main 19 is for me and my family and we're going to chill out. Or how do you decide what portion of your income you want to give to people who you see are in need. And in what ways has God blessed you through that sort of like practice? Also, sorry, just to add on, how does it relate to our seed sowing and our water collection, water cycle? Hmm, fantastic. <laughs> um, so tithing, first, there's been a lot of you know, conversation um, around that. 
uh, about whether uh, as a New Testament believer I should use tithes. Jesus did not mention tithes. Actually, Jesus mentioned it, but um, in the early churches, it was not mentioned about tithing. But there was giving. I mean, we all agree that in the early church, there was giving. Yeah. And most of the giving was even 100%. Yeah. Sometimes I even wonder why we skip what happened. Is in Acts chapter 5. Um, those couple, what's their name again? Ananasa. I just imagine if it happened in uh, Life Point Church, more. that we want, to, Pastor we want to build, we want to, we are raising money. And then somebody then brought 70 million naira. And uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Busalana said, Is that all? And the person said, That's all. And the person falls, God forbid. <laughs> and and, said, and Sam and Kenneth come and carry the person outside. Is it not their money? <laughs> Is it not their, is their money now? Why did God, you know, have to go that length to deal with them and all of that? And sometimes we just overlook that as if money is not important in church and all of that. So, I mean, I just, tithing is, from my own personal study and from things I've read, um, in fact, it started from Abraham. Yeah. I wasn't even sure if it was God that asked him to tithe. It was, it was from his own, um, uh, what's it called? I think it was, he did it from his own personal conviction after he met with the king of Salem just to, you know, um, give. And I realized that from him, Isaac also did the same thing up until, you know, Jacob and, and all of that. Then it then became a law in the time of Moses. So um, God then mandated them. Now, as a New Testament believer, we are not under law. So if you do tight, it doesn't mean you will not go to heaven. Let me first of all say that. So all the things they used to tell us in, I mean, the kind of church I grew up with, they used to say that tight is like a, uh, what's it called? Something in the, is it, um, um, ah, forgotten the name, the part of chicken that you have to cut out. Because if you don't cut it out, it will spoil, it will spoil, it will spoil yeah. everything. Yeah. That's how they used to describe tight to us in the, it's as if you don't pay your tight. If the next day you, something happened to you, say, ah, it's because I didn't pay my tithe. <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> Tell your neighbor it's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. So um, they've used tithing to manipulate us yes, for sir. a very long time. And so when the truth then came out, you know, a lot of people then revolted against it. But uh, having said that, giving in a church is biblical. The Bible says that we should give. You know, and shall be given unto us. So we can't even doubt the fact that giving in church, it is part of our obligation as a Christian. Even if you belong to an association, maybe old school association or engineering student association, how do you know that you're part of that association? You pay your dues. You pay your estate. We are living in an estate. How did they know you are part of that estate? It's when you pay your estate dues and all of those stuff. You know, basically. So how do we know that you are also a part of God's family? You are part of the local assembly. It's when you give a certain percentage of your income to that local assembly. So it is both, you know, biblical and even morally. It's one of the things that we should do as a person. Now, the percentage of what it is, is what is then debatable. Uh, but as a church or as a group of believers, we have agreed generally that uh, part of your contribution, at the minimum, should be 10%. That is the meaning of tight, 10%. Tent, tight, that's where it came from. So to say, uh, as a Christian, at the minimum, 
what you should do is 10%. If you can do more, fine. If your own dealing with God, I mean, I would also encourage this. If your own dealing with God is less than 10%, if it's between you and God, that is fine. You understand. But we have agreed as a church and as a body of Christ that the minimum is 10%. And that is your own covenant obligation to be a part of the body of Christ. Now, there are other givings. The Bible also commanded us to what? To give to the poor. It's not that you should give your tithe to the poor. Your tithe belongs to the local church, to the local assembly. That is why you can be here and you can be comfortable. That's what most of the churches use, you know, the tithe, to run the church, to pay salaries, and to do all of those stuff. Now, your responsibilities to the poor is different from your tithe. So you can't say you want to give your tithe to the poor. That is another giving. The Bible also commanded to honor our parents and those that have, you know, Mom. that is another obligation Excuse me, sir. to uh, you. Out of my, I will first give God 10. Yes. Then I will give the poor, I don't know how many, maybe like 5%. Another percent. Then there's offering, of course, apparently, yes. tithe and offering are different. Maybe also, five. then I also give my parents, uh, yes. I can just send them like credit, like 5K. <laughs> it's part of it, it's from your income. It's part of it, it's a percentage of your income. You are honoring them that way. Some people have parents that don't even, that very probably well to do. They might not even need your money, but they send it, back. it is important that you honor them in one area. One of the, in one area or the other, because it's one of God's commandments for us in the Bible to then honor I have our people. I also have to honor with... <laughs> no, the Bible does not say you should honor your people. <laughs> ah, wow. So how you spend the remaining percentage, you know, is between you. You still have to save. Don't forget. Ah, um, so... Uh, and then so, petrol price has gone up. That, that is the principle of stewardship. That's the principle of stewardship. To say that all that I have and all that I am belongs to God. Mm. First of all, all that I have and all that I am belongs to God. When you have that mindset, then you begin to, you know, section your giving in that way. That I have to give to the poor. I have to give my tithe. I have to give my offering. I have to honor my parents. You know, and if the regularity you know, of how to do all those things, you know, depends on you and, you know, what, what, how God is leading you and all of that. But the one that should be regular is the one that you are giving to God and to your local assembly, which is your tithe and all of that. And when you do that, it's part of the ways that you are, you know, gathering your cloud, basically as a covenant person. And, you know, personally, as a first, when I see some certain blessings that God has, you know, given unto me, uh, it can't be far from the fact that at a very young age, I started tithing, I started giving first fruits. I remember, even my parents didn't understand this, my first salary, I mean, from the southwest that I came from, uh, they believe, and I'm sure maybe most of you don't even know, but they say, yeah, your first salary must go to your parents, you know. So I remember my first salary, you know, I gave it to my church, you know. And my dad was like, she, you could not even say anything that, ah, he said in Yoruba, ah, magic king, Shalom or something like that. <laughs> he was shocked. And I said, don't worry, the second month, I will go. Eh? But the first month... Wait, sorry, you gave one to yes. God. Yes. The second one to your parents. To my parents. Um, yes. So... Me, I divided my own amongst all. <laughs> and it was a tough season. I mean, it was one of the waiting period of my life. <laughs> but when I see some of the things that God has blessed me with today, I mean, it's, I mean I'm not there and all over there yet, but... There are just certain, you know, there are some blessings that money cannot buy. Yes, sir. There are some certain places where I just walk into and people just help me, you know. 
Natasha is about to tackle you on that. How do you know that's because you are tithing? Is there a direct correlation between tithing and favor? I can take you up on this. And you see, this is part of where the Bible tells us that God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I think for all of us, we try to think about God's ways logically. Like, okay, if I give 10% here, and the Bible says that, you know, God will give me 100%. 100% God, God or give no. me reason. Eh? God give me reason. God give... And reason and, and be logical. Eh, but that's the thing. Your reasoning is too far below God's reasoning. That's just the honest truth of it. And the sooner you come to accept it, the better for you. This is, this is, this is, this is where it all starts from. Just like, ah, but God, you should be able to explain me to have brain. Well, your brain and God's brain are not lining up, man. And it's just the way we are. But again, I think God is merciful enough to say, you know what, these people, I mean, that's how he looks at us. He looks at us with, you know, okay, you're still my child. I may not be able to explain everything to you, but I'll give you a few indications here and there to just sort of solve your logical mind. But then there'll be times when even your logic, can, let me give you a classic example. The Bible says that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. That was Paul trying to explain to you how God rewards. But there's no way that your mind can even fathom the depth, the breadth, the height, the amount, the extent, the regularity with which God will bless a person who keeps his commandments. And so if you try and think about it logically, your mind will explode. I'll give you a classic example. You are driving from home here. There are 101 other things that could have happened. Your tire could have burst. Your, your wheel could have broken. This could have happened. Someone could have hit you from behind. A bunch of things happen. But out of God's goodness and his grace and his mercy, you get here safe. And at no point did you sit down when you got here from your house to logically think that, ah, okay, what well, are the many things that happened to me that could have happened? No, you don't think about that. God just does it for you. So in the same way, you should be willing to give to God without waiting for any logical reason. And expect God to do his own part and reward you exceeding what your mind can ask or think. I think that's the way it works. Oh boy, here we go. But, <laughs> hold on, but maybe the way I'm thinking about it is wrong, like you said. But in my mind, I'm thinking, and even Pastor Goma said something about this yesterday, that not tithing doesn't take anything away from you, but it can it be a, a route for things to be added onto you, right? So logically speaking, hold on. What's the difference between me, a Christian that is tithing, not me in general, like, a Christian that is tithing, a Christian that is not tithing, and a non-believer? If we use your example now, driving here from you know, home or whatever, we all got here together in one piece. And we're not all Christians. That and we're not saying. all Christians. And we're not all Christians who are tithing on top. Why? God is not going to, the Christian that is not tithing, God or, is not going to just, you know, let anything just or, happen or to like them. like Dangote or Elon Musk. They Do you don't, they don't tithe. There are non, a lot of non-believing, non-believers actually all over the place who are just doing bits. The Christians who are doing bits for the Lord why are we not... Why are we not bowling? Do you understand? So, I, I really want to understand that. Okay, so this, this question always comes, like, all the time. And, you know, maybe I would, my attempt to answer it is this. Um, the, those other guys, you also don't, really don't know what they are dealing with in their lives, basically. You really don't know. Uh, what you see is what they have allowed you to see. 
You don't know if they're dealing with maybe a failed marriage, um, child issues, just a whole lot of things that you don't see. Do you understand that they're dealing with? But because they have money and they show you and all of that, that's number one. Then number two is um, to make money, really, you don't really need to pay your tithes. It's a general principle. If you're hardworking, you're diligent, you know, you will make money. And if you have the right connections, you will make the money. You create solutions for people. That is God's um, command to us, you know, that when we make solutions available for people, imagine you, you are creating a solution that is meeting the needs of one billion people. Of course, you are going to have money, basically. So the principle of wealth and all of that, you know, they are different. But when it comes to covenant with God and certain things, for God to secure some certain areas of your life, basically, uh, that is when, when you then pay your tithe, you have this belief that, you know, all of these areas are sorted and are secured. Now, when, those when you don't then experience those things or when those things don't happen, you have a basis to then begin to petition God and say, I'm, I'm, I'm faithful, I do all of this stuff, I give regularly and do all of these things. I mean, why is all of these things happening to me, basically? And then you're able to get your answer so you can... Always, you know, take it back to God and say, uh, you know, based on this, based on this, God, I need, I need an answer, basically. So that would be my response uh, to that. Okay, we have one audience question, um, and we're going to take that very quickly. And then while we're finding the person in the audience, the, 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 the one thing I wanted to ask is this, um, because somebody asked this question, and the person begged me that I should make sure I ask it. What is the cloud seeding technology for me as a person who wants to marry? Mm. So as you who are a married man, you've, you've found your babe in life and all of that and all of that. What were some of the cloud seeding techniques that you employed to... <laughs> and he actually begged me, say, please, make this the first question, but I couldn't make it. Thank you for clapping for me, bro. But yeah. Okay. Um, is it a guy or a lady? It was a guy, but I imagine the principle might apply both ways. The first thing, you know, as a guy, the first thing for, to, to sow your cloud, you know, in terms of marriage, is um, what is your, I mean, of course, you have to be a Christian. That's the basic. I mean, non-negotiable. A true Christian, not a churchgoer, a true Christian that fears God, not only loves God, but fears God. Um, that's number one. Number two is, have you resolved the vision of God for your life? Do you have clarity about where you are going in life? It's very important. It's very key. Because when you don't know where you are going in life, any other way, you know, <laughs> would, seem right, would seem right to you. I was having a conversation with um, Dolako before we came in, um, talking to her about how um, my parents, when I first came, I didn't grow up in Lagos, so when I, first came, when I was in Lagos, still struggling and all of that, and they got a job for me, and it, I mean, somebody would think, ah, it's a very good job um, to be an admission officer in a federal university in the Southwest, and is in a quite remote area in the Southwest, and it was, it was a clear job. I just needed to accept it, basically. It's a federal, I'll be on federal civil service commission and all of that, and I looked at, Thankfully, you know, I've had clarity about what God, where God is taking me in the future. And going to work in that place, it doesn't connect with it. 
And even though I've not gotten my dream job in Lagos as at that time, I just knew that I can't, I can't go there because I had clarity. So as a young man, it is important that you have clarity about where God, some of the things I'm doing today by the special grace of God are some of the things that God has shown me when I was an undergrad in school about maybe 20 years ago or thereabouts. So I, I had that, you know. So as a young man, it's important that you have that clarity, you know, of where you want to go and all of that. And then the third thing is you need to be um, working towards it. You need to have something that you are doing. You, you must not be idle. You need to have something that you are doing. If you are in transition, um, you can volunteer in church. You know, or do some certain things, volunteer in other NGOs. You must not be an idle person, basically. Um, and then after that, you also have to, you know, pop your game too. Um, yes, you are spiritual. You have done all of the spiritual stuff. Um, you also need to look nice. Your mouth must not be smelling. You must not have body odor. <laughs> all of those things doesn't help your cloud. Yes, it does, it does not help your cloud. So you have to, at every point, ensure. For ladies, okay. You have to ensure that you look good all of the time. You look presentable. Yes. Okay, I will tell attempts to say for the ladies, and I hope I will not enter trouble <laughs> with for ladies. Of course, you are a Christian. You also have an understanding of what God is taking you to in life. In fact, one of the things for both guys and ladies, you should also make a list of what you don't want in a partner it helps you it gives you more clarity to say these are the kind of person i don't want basically or that will not fit into god's plan for me so if you have that it also help your clarity a bit but as a lady you know um it's important that of course you be you must be at least sociable to a certain extent. Mm. You must be sociable, you must be relatable, you must, you know, uh, you must not be easily irritable. Mm. Basically, sir, you must not be them, easily sir, irritable. Them, um, you must sir, also have a light share the grace, heart. Sir, we can go. <laughs> um, and, and a whole lot. I, I, I remember there's a lady, one of the ladies I usually mentor in the main church. She's married now. She's good Christian, good looking, and all of that. And she came to meet me like, what's happening and all of this. And she said, I think I need to loosen up a bit. What do you think? I said, ah, that's fine, loosen up because all her life is church, work, and then house. Church, work, and house. I said, ah, how do you want to say thought in church? I said, ah, expand your scope. Don't uh, remain in church and all of that. So she started going out, I mean, going for some nice places in Lagos with some of our friends, you know, and all of that. So the first brother came. That one was a red flag. I said, ah, let the brother come and see me. The brother ran away. We later found out that the guy was married. Mm. And, uh, mm. So that mm. one left. Then the person she then got married to, I saw the guy, a good Christian, not a very serious Christian like she is, but she's a Christian, good family. I spoke with the guy. Ah, he's a correct guy. We well, started coming to our church. Started coming, you know, and all of that. I mean, thankfully, they are married today and, you know, they are doing well. But what I'm doing is, this is a lady that, you know, devoted to church and all of that. They were, if I tried to, you know, set out some guys in church, but it didn't work out. But I said, she just decided to say, I think I need to expand my, my horizon. Instead of just hanging around church for a long time and nothing is showing forth. And in that process, you know, God brought her a very good man. Hallelujah, glory, glory. 
Um, I, okay, I feel like people are, are, they, have, they now have more questions, but um, we run out of time. But what I want to do one thing very quickly because we want to appreciate our online audience for staying with us, for engaging, and for being a part of the conversation. Um, one quick question that came in from the online audience was, how do you know when you're, doing, you're not doing everything you should be doing? What criteria can you use to evaluate your actions? And I'm going to just talk about because Pastor Wally has mentioned some of this already. There is what God has asked you to do that is very clear to us. There are things like pray, study the Bible, um, find a good place to fellowship, um, be in the company of the right people, do not sit in the you know, seat of the scornful, do not walk with the unwise. There are some clear instructions that God gives us. But every now and again, there might be some wisdom that you are looking for that you do not have. And the Bible says that if you, if you need something, sometimes you need to go and consult the elders. There are people in your society, in your community, who God has graced to be able to help you navigate through certain seasons because they themselves have been through it. Alternatively, they are praying on your behalf and God has given them certain instructions. So I'm going to say beyond what you do personally, beyond what you believe God has told you personally, it's important that you also have the company of wise elders who can give you instruction, who can counsel you, who can give you suggestions, who can tell you, okay, this is the way I believe God is asking you to go, like Pastor Bawali said, who can try and hook you up with one or two brothers in the congregation or tell you to expand your horizons and not just go home directly after service. So I said all of that to say, the right company of people is always good because as we walk together, God leads us as a group, as a family. He places the solitary in families and God is looking for one collective family who will serve him with all their heart, with all their might, with all their strength. Pastor Bola, we want to say thank you for being a part of our plug conversations. And we would like to ask that you just pray for us along the lines of some of the things we've discussed and then we'll, we'll wrap service. Hallelujah. Can we pray? I want us to just say a word of prayer uh, within ourselves and I just have a leading in my spirit that somebody here just needs to say, Lord, I, sur I surrender all to you. If choir can just give us that song. I surrender all to you. surrender everything to you Lord that we live a life of consecration Lord that father all the struggles all the things that we are still holding back Lord we submit to you today our emotions our will our desires because we know that the starting point 
is for us to align ourselves with your will. We know that the safest place to be in life is to be at the center of your will for our lives. And so I, I pray for somebody here who is just struggling with God that the grace for submission you receive in the name of Jesus. Because at the center of all of this cloud and all of that is when you are at the center of God's will, when you are working according to His purpose and His plan for your life. Maybe somebody is here, Lord, you are dealing with confusion. I pray that God will bring clarity for you in the name of Jesus. You will know what to do in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody is praying, what do I do with my life? I pray that in this season, God will show you and you will know in the name of Jesus. I erase every doubt in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, I pray for somebody that is on the verge of a decision. I pray that that decision will be the right one in the name of Jesus. And I deliver you from every wrong decision that can take your life outside of the will of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for somebody who is struggling with God in certain areas that you receive grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody is saying, ah, this, this journey is difficult. I don't know, you know, how to do it. I, I pray that you receive grace in the name of Jesus. The grace of God is available for you to run this race. And I pray that in the name of Jesus in this season, that you will submit and surrender all in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray that this year will be our best year ever in the name of Jesus. That as we have prayed in this season, as we have fasted in this season, Lord, we will see the manifestation of your blessings in the name of Jesus. All of the things that you have promised us as we surrender ourselves, as we submit ourselves to you, all of those blessings will find expression in our lives in the name of Jesus. Perhaps there's somebody here, you even still struggling with... Uh, uh, an habitual sin or whatever it is, I decree and declare that the grace of God is available in the name of Jesus. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I release you from every form of condemnation in the name of Jesus. I release you from every form of guilt in the mighty name of Jesus. Because God has died for you, you are saved and you are free. So therefore, I declare you free in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. We know that this year you will walk in with God in a way you have not done before in the name of Jesus. Somebody, your own desire is just to hear God. It's just, it's just for you to pick signals from God so that you will know what to do. I pray you will hear God clearly in the name of Jesus. There will be a knowing in your heart that you will know that this is what God is leading me to in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. There's somebody here who is also, uh, you, there's delay. There's delay. And I pray that that season of delay is over in the name of Jesus. Whatever it is that you are trusting God for in this season, God is going to multiply it for you in the name of Jesus. God is going to accelerate your steps in the mighty name of Jesus. And I say that that season of delay is over in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless you for answered prayers. Thank you because your people will live here with joy in the name of Jesus. 
that as we step out this week and step into a new month, second month of 2023, that lives will fall unto you in pleasant places in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless you. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Life point, please put your hands together and help us thank Pastor Roddy. Thank you so much, sir. We are so grateful. We're so grateful. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for listening. We hope that the message has blessed your heart. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng. For more information about us and all our other resources, please visit www.lifepointng.org.